A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you're not a malicious soul, make sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by JokeOnYou9719. Boss fired me for being pregnant? I'm the one who gets paid in the end. This last year during COVID has been a tough year for my family. My husband went from six figures supporting our family on his salary alone, while we pocketed my entire salary, to losing his job for eight months. I work in political campaigning, which means I work on short-term contracts as an independent contractor. In other words, if we lose an election, I move on to the next race. I made a pretty good name for myself working on the lower levels of a campaign and moving up quickly. In my state this year, there were statewide elections and I caught a lucky break and ended up the campaign manager on a statewide race. I'm the youngest campaign manager, 24 year old female, to run a statewide race in about the last 20 years. When the primary came up, we lost the election by 200 votes. While we lost the campaign, coming so close to winning and my age made me kind of a superstar in my field. After we lost, I had offers from all over the state for jobs. The problem is, I just bought a house and wasn't looking to relocate, like you often have to do in politics. Or the positions weren't high enough, coming off being the top dog as the higher positions were already filled. I got an offer to join a local campaign, so no relocation, but the salary was lower than what I was used to. I would, however, be the campaign manager again. However, I learned quickly my boss had a holier-than-thou personality. She made several comments about how real women breastfed and have natural births. I would later be able to do neither, and it really screwed with my emotional well-being. I don't have time to list all the red flags, but I was literally just waiting until my husband got a job to exit. The campaign hadn't been built out at all. There was no one other than the candidate. I ended up building out our entire team, consultant, fundraiser, staff, etc. Luckily, I've made a lot of powerful connections in my time. I signed my contract and sent it in with the salary we'd agreed upon with the stipulation that if we raised enough money three months down the line, my salary would be raised but could not be lowered at any point. Just a few weeks prior, I had also found out that I was pregnant and my due date was the week of the election, and just a week after joining the campaign, I was also in a serious car accident. Luckily, my pregnancy was safe, but I herniated a disc in the car accident, and due to the pregnancy, there were very few things that could be done as far as helping my back or pain management. If I did my job right, that shouldn't be an issue because my job can essentially be handled from home and staff could do the rest. I had the team working in lockstep and I was proud of the work I was doing even though only about 10% of my views aligned with the campaign. And then we hit a snag. The candidate's husband got deployed to a rather dangerous place for a month and she completely checked out. She stopped fundraising, which means that everything comes to a halt in campaigning. She stopped putting in the legwork to win. We also lost our only lower staff member during this time. We knew she was worried about her husband, so no one on the team tried to push back very hard. Eventually, her husband came back and it was go time. There wasn't a minute to waste and I was back to getting our operation working full speed. 
One day, she calls me up to tell me how 20 years ago, her first job as a private school teacher was making as much money as I was now. I also live in an expensive DC suburb, not the backwoods where she grew up. I have multiple college degrees, and this job offers no benefits unlike teaching. Not comparable at all. This is when I realized there might be a problem. A couple weeks later, I told her I would need to take a step back from doing the other staff member's job mostly door knocking, because of my injured back, but that we would hire someone. Unfortunately, due to the lack of fundraising, it made it hard to pay anyone else, and those duties fell on her. Campaign managers do not typically door knock. We had a team meeting with the entire team, and I started pressuring the candidate about all the things she wasn't doing, and there was a legitimate meltdown. She started yelling about how I wasn't doing my job, and my pregnancy wasn't her problem, and how I was the reason everything was failing, and then hung up on the entire team. This is where the malicious compliance comes in. After this, I decided to take a step back from doing all the duties that are typically handled by lower level staff, and just focused on doing my job's duties, which weren't being appreciated. I pretty much went radio silent, and she kept nitpicking at everything. Everyone in the campaign started to grow uneasy, but I told them to just hold out. Well, sure enough, she calls me up and says, Since you're pregnant and can no longer door knock, you can either work for state minimum wage or you can find a new job. Mind you, she knew my husband had been out of work for eight months and thought I had no options at that point, but what she didn't know was that my husband had gotten a job offer that exact day. So I stopped her right there and thanked her for the opportunity and told her I'd be working my contractually obligated 30-day notice at my current salary and then leaving the campaign. She then began to scream at me about how she wasn't paying me a dime more and started listing off a list of issues she had with the way I was doing my job. I stopped her, thanked her once again, and told her all of my finishing tasks would be completed when I received payment for the last month I worked. Yes, she was a month behind on paying me, as well as payment for the 30 days notice that she was illegally required to pay me whether I continued working or not. I waited a few hours and she never finalized my termination in writing, so I sent her a termination letter thanking her for the opportunity and once again repeating everything we had discussed on the phone. She sent me a nasty email, again reiterating that I wouldn't be paid for the previous month or 30 days and listed about 10 things that I'd done to be terminated, including that I didn't wear makeup to work every day. I decided to send this email to the rest of the team, and sure enough, everyone quit except for the consultant. In 5 minutes, she lost everyone she had. Then a friend of mine offered me my dream job working for him, so all in all, it worked out in my favor within five minutes of being fired. Well, here's where things get tricky. I realize that my contract that obligates her to pay me for the 30 days notice isn't signed and I'm screwed. Well, sure enough, in her fit of rage, she starts emailing everyone talking badly about me. The only problem is, I still have access to her campaign email and I'm seeing every email she's sending email saying that she wants to keep me on staff but that i need to take less money and that i shouldn't have been dishonest about my pregnancy so clearly i wasn't doing my job that badly she just wanted to pay a pregnant woman less she also asked the consultant for a list of things that i did wrong on the campaign so that she'll have cause not to pay me my contract i noticed that the consultant never replies to this email 
He tells her that if she wants to fight it, to send him a copy of the contract and he'll have a lawyer take a look at it. Well, sure enough, she sends him a signed copy of the contract. And once again, my contract is valid and now she has to pay me my severance. She has given me every piece of ammunition I need to get paid with at this point, as well as a wage discrimination suit for referencing my pregnancy as a reason for termination. I hire a lawyer. She only continues to pester me about turning over all of my work. The thing is, since I'm an independent contractor, I only owe her a final product if I get paid. I reiterate that she isn't getting anything until I've been paid and she can take it up with my lawyer. She begins slandering me to everyone I know and continuing to send emails about me that I'm just collecting. She then starts calling every friend she has to bully me into giving her what she wants. My response to all of them is, talk to my lawyer. In one final ditch effort, she has the consultant call me, begging me to turn over the stuff. The problem is that the consultant and I are personal friends and he's really unhappy working for her but has contractual obligations. I tell him to tell her the same thing, talk to my lawyer. Five minutes later, I get a call back from him saying that she has fired him because he refused to throw me under the bus and make up excuses for my termination when he believes I was wrongfully terminated. She fires him too and now he's out of his obligations. He also tells me that the lawyer she sent the contract over to said to pay me. In a matter of two weeks, she's once again at square one with no one on her side. She is out of money and struggling. She finally emails me at 11pm that she's willing to pay me. It's nighttime and I don't work for her anymore, so I decide I don't need to respond at that moment. Well, she starts calling me incessantly and texting me, all of which I'm ignoring. By the time I wake up in the morning, I have 20 texts and 5 missed calls. I tell her that I'll need to talk to my lawyer at this point and I'll get back to her after he responds. Well, she goes nuclear. 20 minutes later, I get a call from the police. She is claiming I've been embezzling campaign funds and stealing her data. I have to get my lawyer on the phone and explain the whole situation and why this is a BS claim. I offer the bank account information for the funds she claimed I stole and prove that they were sitting right there in her account. She just doesn't know how to access them because I'm usually the one who does that. The police officer thinks she's nuts at this point, because she is, but then informs her that it's considered larceny to withhold my pay and asks me if I would like to press charges. I say, if she refused to pay, then yes. Within two days, I received a check in the mail with my payment and I turned everything over. The funny thing is, is that my 30-day notice pay was actually more money than if I'd finished out the contract with the reduced pay she wanted to pay me. I got an extra $700 and didn't have to work for her for the remainder of the time. She ended up losing her election in a swing district by 15 points. If you found yourself in OP's shoes and you knew that this contract was pretty ironclad, given that she did validate it by sending them a signed copy, would you have no issue sitting back and refusing to do anything until you got paid? Or would it be a little bit too much pressure for you? I'd really like to hear your guys' thoughts on this in the comments. And our final story of the day is by Celtic Cynic. Try to write me up on a disciplinary notice? No problem, just get the evidence. So this is a follow-up to one I posted a few months back about the staff survey and how I caught out the manager that was making them disappear. 
A few years after that incident, we were, surprise surprise, again short-staffed. I was already covering two roles at once, basically nobody else would step up to it, and the bad manager wouldn't ask anyone else to do it. Then it got worse. Next guy due in on an intermediate shift calls in sick, nobody to cover him. I'm in the office trying to do one of the two roles I was already doing and the supervisor's phone rings. With these office phones, any one of four could pick up, press star 80, and answer the ringing line. So I answered, it's the bad manager. Bad manager says, oh, is supervisor there? I say no, if he was here he'd have answered, can I help? Bad manager says, oh, um, look, can you go and cover third role as well for the next few hours? I say, you know I'm already doing two jobs and you're asking me to do three? They say, can you just... I hung up, but I went and did it, ran myself ragged for the next three hours until some coverage showed up on call-in overtime. I returned to the office and bad manager was there, begrudgingly thanking me for helping, and I snapped. That was BS and you know it. There's not one other person here you'd have asked to do that because they'd have told you no freaking way. Next time you pull that, that's how I'll answer. He walked out gobsmacked. Next day, I get called up to his office on arrival. He wants to write me up for giving him a spray. He was basing his write-up on a totally fabricated version of the phone call I answered. The thing was, all our calls were recorded and I knew exactly what was said. For a disciplinary notice to go on file, you have to accept the notice, sign a statement, and agree to it and a remediation process. You can have a union representative present, but I didn't need one. So here, my compliance was sticking to the rules. I'd sign it if it was the truth, but what he'd prepared was a lie. I say the statement is false. You rang and asked for supervisor. You wanted to ask him to ask me to fill the third role. You didn't want to ask me yourself. Bad manager says, no, that's not how it went. I rang to speak to you. I say, no, you rang his number and asked for him. I am so confident in that, that knowing all calls are recorded, that you can go and get the tapes. They say, I'm not getting the tapes. You're signing this disciplinary notice. I say, I'm not signing a false document. Go get the tapes. They say, I'm not getting the tapes. And I say, then I ain't signing crap. I get up to walk out and the state manager walks in behind me. He asks what's going on. Bad manager tells his lies. I tell it how it really was, including being asked to cover three job roles at once because he wouldn't ask anyone else. I told the state manager that he claims he said X. I know he said Y. The only way to prove it was to get the tapes, which he refuses to do. If he wasn't lying, he'd get the tapes. Bad manager again pushed the form across, trying to get me to sign it. I say, get the tapes. He wouldn't budge. I looked at the state manager. I said, if this man was so confident that the tapes would prove he's not lying, he'd get the tapes. Maybe you'd like to go get the tapes? They looked at each other blankly. I said, well, if nobody's going to get the tapes, we're done here. And I got up and walked out. No letter on file, never asked to fill three roles simultaneously again. I'm surprised the establishment survived OP walking out of there. I would have thought the seismic earthquake of OP walking around carrying balls that big would tear the whole place down. The bottom line here, OP knew they were right, 
OP knew they were getting taken advantage of, and when there's proper evidence to back up those claims, they didn't want to review it. OP stood their ground until anything they did was based on the true evidence, and they totally flaked out because they knew they were BSing. It was great. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.